My fellow blabbers, it goes without saying that since we started this here blabbing in the bluegrass, I have been privileged to interview a number of great folks doing great things all across the Commonwealth and even beyond. You know, folks that uh, were born here, maybe have roots here, doing great things in other places. And fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, uh, some of those interviews were done before we were available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Verbal and a lot of those podcast directories that we are available on now. So, from time to time, I enjoy revisiting features from the Commonwealth Time Capsule and bringing them back for your enjoyment and mine as well. This time we go back to 2021 when I was blessed to talk to Miss Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. And if her name sounds familiar, that's with good reason. You might have even read her book. Yes, she is a published author from Mayfield, Kentucky. Her book is entitled Finding Frank, and it discusses her long but successful search for her biological father. She is also the former mayor of Mayfield, so she's got a lot to talk about. Also, a stellar singer, I might add. So we'll dive into all this, a heck of a lot more, and she will tell us how we can get our hands on her fabulous book. So don't you move a muscle, get comfortable, and get ready for Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Season 7, Episode 7. Hit it, E.J. Simmons. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Hodgenville to Hopkinsville, Hawesville to Holland, we absolutely cover this great commonwealth just like a blanket, if not better. And you know what? We have a total blast doing it as well, right here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Exploration and Celebration of All Things Kentucky. With me, Sam Moore, here as per usual at the More Bang for Less Buck North Quell Motel in Stunning. Henderson KY. Now, speaking of Hopkinsville, we took you there just last week, and we visited with tourism director Brooke Young, who had lots of great things to share with us about the uh, many, many things happening in her neck of the woods. So, from Hopkinsville, we take you just a little further west this week to uh, Mayfield in Graves County, and we take you there via the Commonwealth Time Capsule. That's right. We're uh, we're going back in time about a year and a half, maybe a little more, when I spoke with Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. Now, she has a book to her name, like we told you. It's called Finding Frank. And since Teresa and I talked, I have read the book, and I gotta tell you, it is a heart warmer, to say the least. I'm not the type that gets real emotional 
from uh, things that I read, but uh, had I been that type, there would have been tears streaming down my face towards the end. There is a definite touching tug-at-your-heartstring story found within the pages of that book. If you have not yet read it, you owe it to yourself to do so. And the good thing is, Teresa will tell us how we can get our hands on a copy of that book. Now, besides that, Teresa has a very fascinating background and a fascinating family, each of which we will learn a little more about. And why should we visit Mayfield? You know, when we're looking to escape the day-to-day uh, -day and just venture off the beaten path for a little while, Mayfield may not be the first place that comes to mind, but it should be because it is a city that uh, has a lot to offer and it's well worth your time and effort to get there. I don't care where you are within or outside of the state, and Teresa will uh, prove that to us and uh, share with us about many of the landmarks and uh, festivals and fun things that they've got going on there in Mayfield and Graves County. So lots to get to. Even if you have heard this interview, I'm willing to bet that you've uh, forgotten about a lot of it because it was so long ago. So you'll enjoy reliving it. And uh, before we get to Teresa, we do have an all-new Bluegrass Brain Buster. And uh, you know we try to do one of these each and every week. It is Mayfield-centered since our guest is the pride and joy of Mayfield. She has lived there all of her life. And, uh, of course, a big part of the tradition in Graves County, especially in the summertime, is the Fancy Farm Picnic. I have had the privilege of going one time. Can't wait to go back. But anyhow, as we learn from Teresa, the Fancy Farm Picnic made a Guinness Book of World Records. And it was uh, back in 1985 for the amount of barbecue that was cooked that year. How much barbecue was cooked that year? Again, the uh, Fancy Farm Picnic made the Guinness Book of World Records in 1985 as the world's largest picnic as a result of the amount of barbecue that was cooked. I want to know how much barbecue was cooked that year. So put your thinking cap on while you're listening to Teresa and I blab, and we will let you know right before we wrap things up. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, today we're privileged to have with us a, a very unique lady. I first uh, got to know her or hear her voice anyway on Kentucky Sports Radio with Mac Jones a few years ago, and we'll talk more about that as we go along here, but... Uh, She's quite an interesting person indeed. She's the former mayor of Mayfield. She currently serves as the executive director of the Annie Gardner Foundation, and she recently became a published author thanks to her fairly new book entitled Finding Frank. So needless to say, she is worthy of our time. So let's welcome to the blabbing in the bluegrass stage, none other than Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. Thank you. Hold the applause. Hold the applause. It's okay, really. <laughs> yes, we have a. <laughs> we had to turn some people away. We were so full in here. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are so pleased that you could take time out of your busy schedule there in Mayfield. Now, just curious, did you go to Mayfield or Graves County High? I went to Mayfield. Graves County actually wasn't a thing when I went to school. Oh, they, okay. You know, it's a consolidation uh, effort, and there were several little, you know, county schools. So you're uh, saying you're saying that ten years ago, when you graduated, Graves County. Exactly. Wasn't there. <laughs> exactly. 
You got it. Well, I tell you're, you, you're my favorite podcast host. Oh, look at you. Let's not catch yeah. it. But uh, anyway, now uh, there's there's quite a, a football tradition between those two schools, needless to say. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Let's see. How many, how many titles has Mayfield won? I think we've got a, a dozen right now. I could, could okay. be wrong on that, but I think we've got an even dozen. So you're probably slightly ahead of Graves County in the title department, don't you think? I think so. But I, ha- yeah. I just have to go on record saying I love Graves County. You know, I was the mayor yeah. of Mayfield and I had to be very, you know, conscious. Of, I had a lot of support from the county as well, even though they couldn't vote for me. I still appreciated their input and their support. But when it comes down to it, I'm a cardinal. You're a cardinal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just can't hold back. But at the same time, you you know, you can't throw the Grace County Eagles under the bus either. So. No, I love I love those kids. <laughs> got got a lot of great great kids. Have actually some some precious family members that are are Grace County Eagles, and oh, uh, I certainly wouldn't right. throw them under a bus. So you got a little family rivalry going on too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we really oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it fun though. It well, uh, well, we're anxious to hear all about. Uh, your, uh, your history and your background and your book. Let's start out here, um, Teresa, by saying that most people obviously know you as the uh, former mayor of Mayfield or perhaps the executive director of the Annie Gardner Foundation. So why don't you give us an overview of your background and career pursuits prior to serving as Mayfield's mayor? Well, that's... Uh... An interesting question because I actually spent 30 years in the mayor's office. There, oh, so it was familiar last, territory. Yeah, the <laughs> last eight of which I was the mayor for two terms. There, but prior to that, well, in that capacity, I was the assistant to the mayor, and I worked under uh, three different administrations, and um, just decided, you know, that it was it was kind of my time and, and that type thing. But even prior to that, I worked for a real estate company, a local real estate company as their uh, secretary and also um, the appraiser's assistant. So I loved doing that, worked for them for like eight years. And then I went straight to uh, the mayor's office from there. So I have a little little real estate in my background. I never got back into it, but I always I'm, I've always been interested in it. And um, you, go. you got to, you can give advice for a aspiring real estate professionals. So. Yeah, I think I, I think I really could. I think I, I know enough, you know, the, to be dangerous. You know. Now, um, <laughs> how many kids do you have? I have two. I have a, a son, Tyler, who is um, the band director at Elizabethtown High School in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Oh, cool. And yeah, very musical. Um, His wife, Ashley, is, um, I don't know her official title, but she is one of the uh, counselors, um, psychologists for the county school system there. And my daughter, Michelle uh, Noel, is in Columbia, Tennessee, and she is a worship pastor. She leads worship, very musical as well, has a degree in uh, classical voice from uh, Trevecca Nazarene University. Tyler went to UK. Anyway, she is is there, and she's married to, interestingly enough, she's married to Philip, who uh, is the uh, bass guitarist for Carly Pierce. I don't know if you've heard of Carly Pierce, but she's kind of a... Yeah, up and coming. She's from Kentucky as well. And um, really making things happening in the country music business. And they're so excited because they've just gotten to start uh, 
traveling again. So oh yeah, he's always on the road somewhere. <laughs> now uh, fulfilling the role of mayor in any community requires uh, a great deal of courage and passion. So uh, tell us, Teresa, what it was that inspired you to run for mayor of the city of Mayfield. You'd been in the office forever. We know that. I had. And <laughs> in that position, the mayor's office, the mayor position had always been a part-time position uh, and had been treated that way. It was either, you know, retirees um, that took on the position um, or people who worked in other uh, at other places. And I just really felt like it really needed the full-time attention of um, a mayor, you know, to, to really do the things because I was the one that was the, the, the steadfast, the constant in the office. And if anything, I'd been there so long that if any, anybody wanted anything, they usually contacted me. And of course I would, you know, uh, um, out of respect, definitely, you know, running past the mayor, I didn't make decisions that I shouldn't have made or anything. And, and I appreciated, and I learned a lot from those other mayoral administrations, all of, all of which were, were great, uh, administrations, but I just really felt like the citizens of Mayfield uh, needed and deserved a full-time person in that position that treated it like a job, that it was their only job, their only uh, thing of attention. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was sort of my impetus in, in, in addition to the fact that there had never been a female mayor. So I was the first female mayor of the city of Mayfield as well. Oh, that's right. You made a little history on that front. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'll be buried in that historical cemetery out there and they'll tour someday and say, this was the first female mayor of Mayfield. <laughs> that's uh, one of your biggest claims to fame, if not your biggest. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm hoping for a big statue, but I'm, I'm 4'11", so it probably won't be that big. Oh, I think you at least deserve a street there in Mayfield named after you. But You know, that's a great idea, Sam. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe that'll come <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> I'll now, probably just get a cul-de-sac. Cold <laughs> sack. That's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Oh, mercy. Now, uh, talk about the most notable and rewarding highlights of your time spent during your two terms as mayor of the mighty city oh of Mayfield. Oh my gosh! You know, Sam, it was it was just such fun, and and I, and I can't explain. And everybody, when I say this, they're like, "Well, why aren't you still there?" You know. But I, I loved going to the office. I loved. Um, just, just being there. I loved the confidence that the people put in me and I loved all that. And I love to say that I sure did leave it in a lot better shape when I left than when I got there. And that is absolutely no, um, you know, shame on anybody that was before me, but it was just sure. because I had the time to do it. And, and I took the time to do it. And um, annexation is just an ugly thing for a lot of people but it's a tool that cities have to grow and increasing our boundaries was one of the one of the ways that we could grow and sure. I know that even though during the time that I was still in office I didn't see a lot of that growth but the future will because we had lots of incentives and things like that for annexation so um, probably the most uh, annexed land that's ever been annexed during a mayoral term is right now I, I've got the record so during my course of time that I was there, even before mayor, I had created some festivals that are ongoing now that we, you know, we now have claim to that uh -huh. are, are, are ours, like glory days for the 4th of July. And, and uh, I was a part of the uh, Gourd Patch Festival, even though that's a lot of the art guild, I was a part of that and created a, uh, 
something that I'm still a covering politician. But anyway, um, it, it was called Cartwright Grove. And it's a little uh, Western town that we erected on our um, fairgrounds area, an area of our fairgrounds that was previously wooded. And you can come there and just walk through and feel like you're stepping back in time into about the 1880s. And um, we opened that from time to time, particularly at Christmas. And I'm going to talk a little bit about another time that we open it in a little bit, but when we get, sure. get into the tourism part, but that was, that was my, that was my baby. And I'm still a part of it there. I have actually one of the, uh, uh, the properties out there, the, I have a dress shop that a friend of mine and I sponsor and we're, we're always out there when they're open and we're dressed in our little vintage clothing um, oh, okay. when, when it's open. So that's just a lot of fun. Yeah. During your time as mayor, you made a bit of a, a name for yourself on Kentucky Sports Radio while speaking with Mac Jones, both on the phone and in person at a few of his remotes. So for those who have not yet heard this story, poor souls, explain what started this playful back and forth and uh, talk about your uh, entertaining interaction with Matt and the KSR team. So I go as the mayor to the Fancy Farm picnic one year that Matt Jones is actually the MC. okay? Right. I was um, there that year, too. Oh, were you? I was. Interesting. Yes, Interesting. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, you know, even... It, I didn't get into mayor, the, the mayor's uh, office for politics. I just, I'm not really a political person, but now I do get fired up about some things, but I got fired up because I felt like, I just felt like he was rude and, and, you know, and I, I just, but he was funny. You know, when I look back on it, he was just being funny and I didn't realize who he was. And now that I know who he was and I, and I see how he is, you know, he, what he did was very pertinent, you know, on that day, but you know, he was he was making fun of Mitch McConnell. He was making fun of everybody. You know, he was he was being very evenly distributed, making yeah. making fun of everybody. So that's <laughs> that was my first encounter with him. So I, I had a kind of a sour taste in my mouth. And I remember telling my husband, he was just like, Oh, you just don't know. He's just funny. He's blah blah blah. You know, he's that's just him. That's just his personality. I thought he did a great job, he said, you know. So <laughs> you gotta know how to take him. <laughs> it was a while later that I remember sitting at my desk at the mayor's office and getting this um uh, this uh, text from actually Gary Hargrove is his name. And he said, you should try to, to get on uh, Matt Jones's KSR show. And of course I didn't try right then because I didn't even know how to do it, you know? So uh, I said something to my husband and maybe even my son. And I said, well, you can go and you can listen to the recorded version. So I heard what he said. Well, then I was really fired up because he said things like he went to the fancy farm picnic and, you know, there was a sign for Mayfield that said, don't come here. We're weird. And it was, it was all during a conversation about the, the Mayfield High School Cardinals and, you know, our crazy, you know, record. Just being very derogatory. Sure. Uh, toward, which is his way, you know, to, <laughs> to do it. I have, I have come to love Matt Jones. So I'm not, oh, I know. You know, I'm not against Matt Jones. So, no, no, no. Um, so I had the opportunity one time to get to, um, I listened to his show. Oh, I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a, I wrote him a, a, a letter. You wrote him a letter. I just told him what oh. I thought. I didn't appreciate it. And he needed to blah, blah, blah. He needed to come down here and I would show him, you know, that we're much more than, than what he had. So um, then I called in the show. Now, I really can't remember how that, how that happened. If, if they said, you know, you need to call in the show or if I heard them, uh, somebody also called me and said, they're talking about you again. You probably need to get on the show. But anyway, when I called, 
I had no problems getting on the show when I told them who I was. Like, they were calling me when they read my letter. I can remember, um, oh, who's the guy? Ryan Lemon. Ryan. Yeah, I can remember <laughs> Ryan saying, uh, calling me Machete instead of Rochetti. <laughs> machete. Like that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and so, um, so I called in and I said, this is Teresa Rochetti Camp. So they let me on. And so I just, you know, kind of went through that, that whole thing of I'm going to, uh, I want you to, you know, come and whatever. And, you know, we just had a little, little back and forth. So then uh, it, from time to time, and my son was just like, I cannot believe all this time I've tried to make comments and get on KSR and I've never gotten on. And my mom, who didn't even know who Matt Jones is, who doesn't <laughs> follow Kentucky basketball, who doesn't, care for sports hardly at all she gets on Matt Jones's show I just can't believe that you know he said all yeah. my friends are talking about it blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you got straight so, on didn't you um, yeah yeah so during uh um the course of my um tenure as mayor I had an opportunity to, to travel a lot with the Kentucky League of Cities actually my last year that I was uh was mayor I, I had the privilege of being the president of that organization but uh we were in um Lexington at one time and we found out that he was really close by to where we were staying and so I had just I called him and I said I want to be on your show I want to I'm gonna be there it was like a comedy club or something and he was very hesitant you know I can remember him I said look I'm gonna have a gift basket I'm just gonna have some things for you you know blah 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 and and so he agreed to it and I thought all along he's gonna ever let me on that show you know so I show up my husband shows up and I have this basket and I just had this you know prepared thing you know to say and you can actually see that my husband uh videotaped it and he put it on YouTube and you can do a search for Mayor Teresa Rochetti Cantrell and KS KSR and see that uh, oh yeah if you haven't seen it I don't know if you have or not but um, but I started out when he finally said, okay, you're going to be next after this, you know, so I go with my basket of goodies and I stand over to the side, like he tells me to do. And I put on this pair of alien eyes that are like, it's a headband. It's got alien eyes on springs sticking up, <laughs> Well, he's looking at me like, what have I done? Why have I put this person on here? But anyway, the rest is history. And that I went from being the meanest mayor in Kentucky to being the funniest mayor in Kentucky. So I made a friend in him and it didn't start out that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's priceless. That's priceless. Now, um, earlier this year, you were named Businesswoman of the Year at a Women in Business luncheon hosted by the Mayfield Graves County Chamber of Commerce. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about the honorable award, if you would, Teresa, and describe how you earned this commendable title. Well, I'm not quite sure how I earned it, but... Um, <laughs> it wasn't luck. Actually, it wasn't luck. <laughs> now, it was scheduled to have happened in 2020. And of course, we know that nothing happened in 2020. So no. evidently, my husband knew about this in 2020, and he's had to keep it a secret, you know, for over a year. And I can remember commenting our chamber director actually uh, stepped down and re resigned to, to go into business for herself. And I just jokingly said to Mike, I said, now I'll never know if I got woman of the year, you know, and, you know, just, you know, joking about that. And he said he was so close to telling me then because he thought it was never going to happen, but it did happen. And it was great. It was a big surprise. My daughter was there and my son-in-law and my husband, who I thought was at work. Um, but it was, it was very special, uh, very special award. 
you know, um, during my, uh, my uh, stint as mayor, I was very involved in the chamber and, and uh, worked with several chamber directors and, um, you know, on their ambassador program and, and then, you know, later as the mayor and just, um, you know, always been a, a big supporter of that networking idea of the chamber and was very honored that they chose to honor me with that award. Oh, I can imagine. Is that the is that the first businesswoman of the year award that they had given out? No, 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 no. It was. I think this is about the fourth or fifth year that they've done that at their Women in Business luncheon that they had every year in the spring. I got you. Although after this year, they may not give out another one because you know nobody can top Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. But oh, please, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you're you're too kind. <laughs> that is quite quite an honor, to say the least. Now, uh, some of our listeners may not know, Teresa, that you are also quite a singer, and uh, your kids came by that honest, needless to say. Now, how exactly <laughs> did you discover your singing talent, and uh, what are some of the events and venues at which you've performed? Oh, I've just, I feel like I've been singing since I was a little girl in church mostly and um had a, a piano teacher that you know encouraged me and and I can remember singing like as young as you know six or seven years old in church and um just just always sang I never pursued it you know really professionally I did do a lot of weddings and stuff and it was great income uh, singing a lot of funerals I like those best because not as many complaints and um <laughs> funeral homes in town call me, call me quite frequently to play. I also play the piano. I'm the, I'm the pianist at my church. And, oh, cool. um, so I don't know. I've just always, always been musically inclined and, and have loved, loved music. And, um, I don't know, I, to, to say, when did I discover music? I just, my mom was musical. She came from a musical family. Um, we just, we just always have done that. You were a young pup. When you uh, <laughs> realized you could sing, I was. You asked about some of the some of the some of the some of the favorite places that I've sung at. I, I actually got to open um, the um, the House of Representatives at Frankfurt with my old Kentucky home before while I was mayor. I oh yeah, that. I actually saw a YouTube video of that, uh, Teresa. When, oh, did you? Yeah, and I was then, great. And uh, when I was. When I, when I was sworn in as president of the Kentucky League of Cities, I sang a song, which which was a first. That was no one had ever done that before, and that was a lot of fun. So, oh, cool! Yeah, now, what song did you sing for the, What song did you sing for the uh, Kentucky League of Cities? I sang a song called "In This Life," and it says, "In this life, I was loved by you." If oh, Colin Wright. Stops, Colin Wright, very good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. That's, that's what I sang. 90s country is right in my wheelhouse so <laughs> since stepping aside from uh, the mayoral chair you've been executive director of the uh, Annie Gardner Foundation there in Mayfield so Teresa why don't you explain the mission of this organization and uh, the important services it provides oh, well the Annie Gardner Foundation is very unique um, it is it is unique to Mayfield and Grace County uh, in that it is only, uh, its services are only available for Mayfield and Grace Countyans. And it is set up that way when anybody asks for assistance. One of the things we have to, to do before um, opening um, an account for them is 
they have to prove that they've lived in Mayfield and Grace County for five years. So it was, it was intended, you know, not for transients, but it was intended for Mayfield and Grace Countyans. We're actually celebrating our 80th year this year. So we've been doing a lot of things throughout the year to um, remember the gardeners, Ed and, Ed and Annie Gardner, who uh, left this wonderful treasure to the citizens of Mayfield and Grace County. Citizens of Mayfield can come and shop once a month and we have like home decor, we have baby things uh, where people just, you know, that don't have the money to go and buy and do stuff. They can come here and usually, you know, find some nice things. So that's a, that's a real blessing. Uh, we also uh, assist people with utility bills, maybe house payments, maybe they're, you know, going through a rough patch, uh, mortgage payments, payments have an interest-free student loan program for Mayfield and Grace Countyans. It's very popular. And um, that's what we do. And um, that's what we'll continue to do. We're, we're, we're very, you know, it's, it's one of those, when someone says you work for a nonprofit, that they work for a nonprofit, it usually involves fundraising. We do not have to fundraise. We were left uh, very well endowed uh, to do the mission of the Annie Gardner Foundation. A lot of need and uh, valuable services there, needless to say. Now, um, generous donors and volunteers are vital to the success of uh, any nonprofit organization. So tell us how we can give of our time and resources to the Annie Gardner Foundation and its worthy cause. Well, that's, that's always an interesting question, and it's a question that I answer with probably an answer that most nonprofits <laughs> <laughs> would not give and um, without, you know, disclosing a lot of information. We, we do have people leave us money. The, the best thing that people can do for us is contribute to our clothing bank and contribute to, uh, you know, those type of things. If they have things around the house they want to get rid of, we have books, we have magazines, we have um, a, just a lot of things like that, that um, the people can, you know, come in and get, you know, we serve people that, um, you know, they may not even have, sheets for their bed you know they may not even have a bed so it's it's you know to, to to say you know to say we don't need your money i hate to say that because people have given us money and even even though we've said we don't need your money you know do do those type of things but um yeah it's 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 like um we're, we're very well endowed to to operate the way that we are but what we depend on for our clothing bank are donations so um we really don't um use a lot of volunteers sometimes in the summer some kids will want you know some volunteer hours and stuff like that the best thing you can do for the andy garden foundation is to bring us bring us your junk one man's junk is another man's treasure yeah we want nice stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah nice stuff make sure it's presentable they're not going to turn your money down but the clothing bank is <laughs> is where the demand is so right. don't don't go through your grandma's attic and bring us all of her old things that she wore you know back in you know the 1900s we don't need those but we need clothes that kids can come in we do we also do a school a school clothing program where we outfit it's about 100 and 180 to 190 kids um, that are our clients that are on on the program and there's some there's some things they have to follow through with uh, to be on the program but we're getting ready to to be head first in that to to get the kids ready for for school well that's neat and it's also cool that there are also people in Mayfield and Graves County so yeah yeah that's <laughs> it's going to a, a local cause and local families that's awesome absolutely, absolutely. now um, in january of this year you became 
a published author thanks to your marvelous masterpiece entitled Finding Frank. Now, for those not familiar, Teresa, explain the fascinating story which served <laughs> as the inspiration behind this book. Oh my gosh, that's, you, you know, when when I die and I look back on my life and think of just like pivotal life-changing moments I mean I've got a lot of them you know just I've got a lot of them mm -hmm. but man hands down this one this one has to be up there in the top five. <laughs> oh, no doubt if but, not number um, one I found out that um uh my my dad that raised me was not my my biological father when I was about 12 years old and I found that out accidentally and I'm, I'm not going to give away all the details of the book but, no, no, um, no, no major spoilers. A, <laughs> yeah, and then it was a secret between my mother and I, and uh, because she didn't want her, she kind of a rocky relationship, and she, let's just say, my my mother and father that raised me were married and divorced three times, so um, oh, gotcha. there was, yeah, so there was, you know, there was some issues, that, you know, a lot of issues, but anyway, so I found that out, you know, and then it was our secret, I never, when I got 21, I decided I was going to, you know, look for him and uh, my methods of looking for him were, were quite interesting. And I, again, I won't go into that, but I remember going to my mom just saying, you know, you know, I've tried and tried, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any, any other, and she, then that she told me that she, a friend of hers had told her that he was dead. So I knew his name, you know, I knew, I knew who he was and, and uh, I had seen a picture of him because she kept this little box that, you know, had slides of him. Sure. And uh, when, when I was 21, she gave that box to me. So it became my treasure. And I would, you know, my gosh, I'd pull it out. You know, I can just remember after I had, you know, had my, my son, I would pull that out and think, oh gosh, does he look like him? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I never questioned that he was not, you know, not living. And then um, fast forward to 2012 and my mom was beginning to suffer from dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and she kept, I mean, he was just like the focus of, of her thoughts. And um, she said several things that made me think um, I needed to possibly just see if I had any brothers or sisters out there, you know, and in sure. the course of looking for brothers and sisters, I found him and oh. he had never had any other children. I was his only child. Um, I was able to, I prayed to, to God to give me five years, you know, with him to let me, um, have the time to learn to love him and him to love me and, and my kids. And, and he was very receptive to that. You know, that doesn't always happen in situations like this. And I've talked with a lot of people that it's lots of sad stories, but, um, it, it did for me. And I cannot think of, of a better gift, you know, for a 51 year old woman to, to find her biological father, you know, my, my dad that raised me was comfortable with it. He was happy for me. I mean, it all, it all just worked out. And I actually had him for, for almost eight years and, uh, he passed Aww. away in, in, uh, during 2020. My dad that raised me passed away in 2014 and my biological father, uh, daddy Frank died in, uh, 2020. You just made me think of a Merle Haggard song. <laughs> well, you know, that's in the book. That, that was the whole thing. That was, that was what I listened to when I realized that he could possibly still be alive. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't get him on the phone because he was in the hospital. He was nearly dead. Um, and, you know, I, it's crazy, but that is the song. That's I mean, so that awesome. Song. And that's, so when I, when I did find him and got to talk to him, I said, 
I asked him if he had heard that song and he said, yeah. And I said, well, that's what I would like to call you, you know, because I've, I've always called daddy, daddy, and I'm going to call you daddy Frank. And <laughs> so yeah, daddy Frank played the guitar what? and the French harp. <laughs> that's him. And yep. what a, what a great story. And it's uh, ironic. Your life's blessings come in such mysterious ways. Like you were looking for siblings and that's when you. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a whole lot of details in there that you need to, to check the book out and, and, and read because it's just an amazing story and it is just the hand of God in, in the whole thing because sure. I had no idea, no idea how it would turn out right. and I can't imagine that it would have turned out any better. So no, no more major spoilers here, but how long did it take you to write the book? Just curious. Well, I was, I, I had started blogging about it while I was looking for him uh-huh. and I, kind of got quite a following and I thought okay um this might be book worthy everybody said you know maybe you need to write a book you need to write a book this would be great so actually I had all those blog posts already done mm-hmm. and um I had I had put them you know in a in a form that I I presented to him at one point and I wanted him to read it um and see that he approved and he had asked me you know he said I love it I love it but I would respectfully ask you not to publish it until I'm gone and he just felt like there were a lot of people in his past that wouldn't understand why he didn't you know he did look for me and and um didn't you know he didn't know my mom's last name he did there were there were just a lot of things um that kept him from finding me but um he said he he always knew he he always knew he always felt like uh he would find me uh or, or I would find him but um yeah. Teresa, what would you say is the the primary lesson or message that uh, you're striving to convey to readers as part of your book? Well, that just <laughs> that, <laughs> it's hard to put it in words, really isn't good it? Question. I love. I have a little. I have a little sign here on my desk that's a Walt Disney quote that says it's uh, kind of fun to do the impossible. And honestly. <laughs> it, 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 that seemed to me like an impossibility and that all things are possible. I mean, all things are possible and that's scriptural and don't, you know, don't think that if, you know, whatever dream that you have, um, whether it's finding a biological parent or whether it's whatever, don't, don't give up on that dream because all things are possible. Remember that old Joe Nichols song, unsinkable ships sink, unbreakable walls break. You know, I don't, I don't know that song. That was Joe Nichols back uh, when I was in high school. So you might have well, to go back. Well, Joe and... Nichols, that's funny because we actually ran into him at Disney one time. <laughs> also, you met the man. <laughs> I did, but I didn't know I didn't know his music. But my kids were like, that's Joe Nichols' mom. I was like, oh, they had their picture taken with him. <laughs> there you go. See, we're going <laughs> to... Uh, Teresa doesn't know it yet, folks, but she's going to be our guest in a few weeks. We're going to interview her about all the celebrities she's met. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's that's a whole other discussion for another show. Whole uh, other show. But anyway, uh, fill us in if you would, Teresa, on the outlets and avenues which may be used to purchase a copy of Finding Frank, because I'm sure all of our listeners are chomping at the at the bit to get a copy. Yeah. So um, you can go to um, you can go to Mount. You can find me on Facebook. I can just mail you. That's probably the best way. It's still it's available on Amazon. Uh, and if you'll just do uh, Finding Frank and then Teresa Rochetti Cantrell, uh, or just make sure it's Teresa. I think there's another Finding Frank on there, and I'm not I'm not sure if it's a book or or what. But 
Uh, just make sure it's the one that says it's got my name on it. Um, I also have a website that's called findingfrankbook.com uh, that you can order from that website. Um, or you can just find me on Facebook, Teresa L. Rochetti Cantrell, and I'd be happy to just ship you one and sign it myself. Oh, an autographed copy of Teresa That's right. Cantrell's book. That's right. You can't beat that. And um, you can also email. I love your email address. You mind if I give out your email address? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> Teresa Sings at yahoo.com. T-E-R-E-S-A-S-I-N-G-S at yahoo.com. That's so appropriate. Uh, did they get a copy yeah. of you singing My Old Kentucky Home when you sent them the book? Uh, no. well we can't have it all can we (laughs) well we'll settle for the book and and an autographed copy of the book at that there you go i'd love to do that love to do that you can't complain all right Teresa. now here's your chance to tout the wonderful community of mayfield being a former mayor lived there all your life you're more than in fact you're about the best person i know to do so so Although some falsely believe it is too far off the beaten path and nothing much is there. We're not going to name any names. Yeah, we won't name any names. (laughs) But explain why it is well worth our time and gas to visit Mayfield and experience all that it has to offer. You know, we don't don't have a river and we don't have a beach and we don't have there. So we, we have had to... Uh, really look inside ourselves to develop uh, the community that we are. Um, and I've always said it's, it's our people that, that make us the community that we are. But it's those people that have worked together, whether they be in business or whatever, to create uh, things. And, and um, of course, I think we're probably most notably famous for uh, the Paints Farm Picnic in Kentucky, or maybe even even more far-reached than that. It's always the yeah. first Saturday in uh, August, and um, that's if you haven't been been to that. Like back in the '80s, it was it was in the Guinness Book of World Record, Records as the world's largest picnic. And yeah. I don't know that it still holds that title, but we just keep saying that anyway. <laughs> it sounds good. And yeah. um, <laughs> nobody's gonna dispute of, it. <laughs> That little town just comes alive and I mean everybody in Fancy Farm is involved in that picnic in some way or the other and um, we have this other very interesting you know the Ed and Annie Gardner story in that mansion is something to see I've done tours of that um, uh, since I've been here at the Annie Gardner Foundation and uh, you can see that and um, you can also uh, see the Woolridge Monuments which uh, there's been there's been a lot of um, uh, national attention to it's been on a lot a lot of uh, special programs it's called the procession that never moves I used to think that was the city council when I was mayor <laughs> the procession anyway, that never um, moves anyway no <laughs> you know we pick on those we love and that what they say I know and they 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 love me and they they did anyway so, it's so um <laughs> but yeah so you know one of the things that I think is so cool and we we kind of started you know going toward this when when I was mayor and and now um, it's it's really developing there's a new tourism director and and there's a there's a committee that I'm on that I've not attended a meeting of because I just don't do meetings anymore you know You're but anyway busy doing these podcasts I am. I am. And they're so much more fun. And, um, but, you know, think about it. We're Graves County. Exactly. Graves. Isn't that great? We're Foot- Graves. Graves. County. Yeah, there's great yeah. in Graves, isn't there? <laughs> so we have, you know, because one of our notable, most notable uh, things to visit is 
a grave of this, you know, Woolridge <laughs> Monuments that's a bunch of monuments uh, for Henry Wolder, uh, of Henry Woolridge's family that he's the only one buried there. So we have taken um, that, that graves um, idea and we have like chosen the month of October to really, um, I guess, show, show our colors. And we're, we're calling it Haunted Graves County. And there's just a lot of things coming up. Haunted a lot of things Graves were already going County. on. Yeah, Haunted Graves. I mentioned the little Western town. Uh, we turned that into a haunted town. And my dress shop turns into a witch's hat shop. And my my, mm. my partner and I, we're, we're in a witch's costume. And we just have a lot of fun. And it's <laughs> it's a lot of, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm looking. I had asked the tourism director to send me some things because, you know, I didn't go to that meeting. Right. And um, <laughs> she, I'm just, I told her, I said, I am just like, so excited about this so many groups have gotten involved the library's gotten involved the city's gotten involved the county's gotten involved um there's going to be um a glowing graves lighted halloween parade um and you can see all of this you can get this information by going to make a grace county tourism's uh, facebook page um there's going to be pumpkins in the park there's going to be a a cruising uh with with uh vintage and and classic cars and they're going to be trunk or treating uh from that um see just, i don't know so from costumes to classic cars and everything in between <laughs> we got a big corn maze here amazing farms corn maze there's an industrial slaughterhouse here and i don't get into that gory stuff but anyway <laughs> different strokes for uh, different folks <laughs> yeah, the industrial slaughterhouse.com and then Talon Falls Scream Park is here. Our our local uh, cinema, Little Princess Cinema, is, is doing scary movies through the month of October. So everybody is jumping into this Graves County um, promotion, and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Absolutely. Not to mention that Graves County is also a great place in the fall to watch high school football game. It really is. And I, I learned something today that we are, we have four different places talking about what, what we're famous for. Honestly, you cannot get better barbecue than in Grace County. Did you know that? <laughs> well, you can't. Uh, there's there's people out there that'll beg to differ with you, but know. you know, <laughs> you've got to be nice. But, but anyway. I, did, I did like the Graves County barbecue I had the Fancy Farm picnic a few years ago. Yeah, and that's one of them. That's one mm -hmm. of them. Um, but we're listed on Kentucky's West Kentucky Barbecue Trail. We have four listings on on that barbecue trail. One ah. of which is the Fancy Farm picnic. So that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Now, now, what are the other great barbecue places down there? Um, I think it's. Uh, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. I didn't write A and B. Cars Maybe. Barn and oh Hoskins 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 barbecue. okay Hoskins so, mm -hmm. so A and B yeah. Hoskins and then the barn we'll just... and you know what if you came to Mayfield and Grace County right now you'd be so impressed because when you drive through our downtown our streets are lined with American flags and I started I started that when I was mayor and I'm so glad that the the new mayor has kept up that tradition. Uh, we have a park in town that we that is on one of our major thoroughfares coming in and out of the city, and it's just lined with those red, white, and blue flags. And it's just we do it, you know, for the Fourth of July, and we do it at Veterans Day, and it's just so impressive. It's just just 
makes you want to stop and put your hand over your heart. So they're ready for the fourth. In fact, you folks in Mayfield are pretty patriotic year-round, in my opinion. So We are. But, uh, we are. <laughs> but it especially comes out yes. on the 4th of July. So, <laughs> yes. Indeed. Now, besides barbecue, where else should we eat while we're perusing Mayfield? Oh, listen, Majestic uh, Family Steakhouse is right here across from Annie Gardner Foundation. Majestic. They have the best Greek salad. Now, some mm. people will tell you it's it's where you can get the best pizza. Of course, you know, they have that handmade, hand-tossed pizza dough and, and everything. And it's just, it's a, it's a great, 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 great place to eat. We have Cafe Al Latte, which is a locally run a uh, little little cafe that has lots of interesting coffee drinks and uh, lots of wonderful baked uh, uh, home baked goods. Car Steakhouse, man, we got some we got some good uh, Mexican restaurants too. Los Pinos. There you go. So mm -mm -mm. <laughs> no matter what you're in the mood for, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to find it in Mayfield. So you need to visit the Graves it. County Tourism Facebook page to find out more. We know we know how to eat. I'm just telling you. <laughs> hey, and if, <laughs> if they don't know how to eat, then uh, they ain't worth visiting. But you won't have to worry That's about right. that in Mayfield and <laughs> in Graves County. That's for sure. Well, That's uh, right. <laughs> Teresa, you've been great. Now, uh, one final question before we let you uh, venture on to your next podcast. Uh, based, yeah. on, based on your background and experience, uh, what advice would you offer to aspiring professionals who are perhaps seeking to become the next Teresa Rochetti Cantrell? Now, there'll never Man. be another Teresa Rochetti Cantrell. Wow, but, what a question, what a question. <laughs> but for those trying to see how close they can get to becoming the next Teresa Rochetti Cantrell, <laughs> what would you tell them, dear? I would just say, you know, don't limit yourself. Just if, if you want to do something, do it. You know, just reach out. If, if, if you fail, you fail. I mean, I, there are a lot of things I've tried to do that I didn't, didn't do correctly and failed at. And, and um, but that's just experience, you know, for, for the next journey. So for the next part of the journey, but um, you know, just if you want to do something, try it, you know, and, and, and even if it's for a season, you know, it's, it's a part of who you are. So um, yeah, I, I've just loved that. I'm trying to think how the old saying goes, nobody who succeeded uh, didn't fail. Something like that. That's but, right. That's so, right. At some point, at some point in time. Check out her book, Finding Frank. It's really easy to get. Email her, Facebook her, look on Amazon. It's uh, very accessible to say the least. And uh, Teresa, uh, let's not let this be our last conversation. If you're for it, we'll Absolutely. have you on here again. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love that, Sam. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, in fact, we're already promised you we're going to talk about uh, all the famous folks you met on the next round. Okay, so <laughs> I'll start making a list. <laughs> you start making a list, and don't leave anybody out when we get to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Teresa. Uh, we'll visit again sometime. Okay. Thank you. Gotta love Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. You know that was the first time that she and I had ever spoken. And by the time we were done, I felt like I'd made a new friend. She is great. Her book is great. And I will link you to the site on which you can order Teresa's book, Finding Frank. So all you got to do is go to the show notes, click on the link, and that will take you to a website. And on that site, you can snag a copy 
of Finding Frank. Or, better yet, you can Facebook Teresa directly. That is T-E-R-E-S-A, Rochetti, R-O-C-H-E-T-T-I, Cantrell, C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L. When you get there, message her, and she'd be glad to send you a copy of her book autographed. So, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any easier than that. Well worth the read. You can bet your bottom dollar. Now, as far as the October event, she was, of course, talking about October 2021. But as far as the uh, parade and pumpkins in the park and the local cinema showing scary movies during October, I would imagine that most, if not all, of that stuff will be happening uh, this fall. So, you know, if you're already planning ahead for Halloween, <laughs> and even if you're not yet, you will be soon enough. So keep tabs on the uh, Graves County Mayfield Tourism Facebook page, and that will supply you with all the info you need to know about Halloween down there in southwestern Kentucky. And it's going to be a big old barrel of fun. I know it is. And I sure thank Teresa for uh, taking time to chat with us. I owe it to her to uh, chat with her again. And we could find, you know, multiple episodes full of things to uh speak about, no doubt in my mind. But uh, at any rate, I know that you know people who are worthy of a feature, and chances are I know some of them as well, but I can't know all of them. There's no way. There are too many people in this state, and uh, try as I may, I don't get around quite that much. So I live off tips from my listeners. I want to hear from you. My email address is bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, okay? B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N, no G, at gmail.com. Let me know about your favorite restaurants across the state, state parks, musicians making names for themselves or working at doing so from Kentucky, maybe educators making a difference across the Commonwealth, healthcare professionals who have really meant the world Authors like Teresa Rachetti Cantrell. I've interviewed several of those. Hope to interview several more. So the bottom line, any people and any subject with a connection to Kentucky, I'm more than glad to consider it. So don't be bashful. Send those ideas my way, either via email or the Blabbin' in the Bluegrass Facebook page. It is super, super easy to like and follow all of the shows that we've done to this point are right there for your listening pleasure. So if you're new to the show, we welcome you to uh, go on back into the archives and hear some, if not all, of those interviews that you missed. I know that you'll enjoy them just as much as uh, I enjoyed speaking to those people, if not more. And you can also uh, keep up to speed with teasers on future show plans. I put out teasers about once a week or so, and you can make comments, and you can leave messages. I love hearing from listeners via the Facebook page. Now, February 22nd is our next target date, so good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we will be right back here with you next Wednesday, February 22nd, and make sure you're here too, because believe me, you are indeed the glue that keeps this show together. We need each other to keep making this thing happen. Okay, so make sure you jot it down, put it in your appointment calendar, and come on back next week. Be a part of this here thing we call Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Before we split, for this time around, though, 
Of course, we have the long-awaited answer of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. It is Mayfield-centric. We are dealing with the Fancy Farm Picnic. It is a big, big part of the Graves County summertime tradition. And you know, the, uh, the Fancy Farm Picnic made the uh, Guinness Book of World Records back in 1985 for being the world's largest picnic that year as a result of the amount of barbecue that was cooked. I want to know how much barbecue was cooked. A whopping 15,000 pounds. Yes, indeed. A whopping 15,000 pounds of barbecue meat was cooked at the 1985 Fancy Farm Picnic. It's always in the thousands. In fact, maybe it's more now. But uh, that particular year, it was the the world's largest picnic there at Fancy Farm. And, of course, it's always held the uh, first Saturday in August, so you can mark your calendar accordingly. But uh, 1985, Guinness Book of World Records, you will find the Fancy Farm Picnic was the world's largest picnic that year with 15,000 pounds of barbecue prepared for the event. So come on back next week. We should have another Bluegrass Brain Buster ready for you as well as lots and lots of great fun great conversation and uh, between now and then do know that you can listen and subscribe to the show absolutely free of charge via numerous numerous podcast directories including apple google podcasts spotify verbal and here recently we have added boom play we have added amazon music iHeartRadio, even a few others. So if we're not currently a part of your favorite podcast directory, email me or Facebook me. Let me know what that directory is so that I can do everything I can to make sure we're there as soon as it's possible for us to be. So until next time around, you have one assignment, guys and gals, and one alone. That is to keep laughing and smiling as you blab in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.